Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ba'd First of all, the, the issue of rumors <coughs> Again, a very nice question How do you address rumors, what must you do And especially if you know who is spreading them See, one of the best ways to understand this is the All the ayat that came with respect to Sayyidah Aisha Siddiqa anha In Surah Al-Nur All the ayat which came respect to, With respect to Sayyidah Aisha our mother Siddiqa radiallahu anha, the wife of Rasulullah when she was falsely accused and then all of that, the whole story which happened. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, why did you believe the worst about somebody? So the first question to ask ourselves is, here is someone who I know, right? We know them very well. Um, suddenly, and, and, we, and all that I know about this person is good. Now suddenly somebody is saying something negative about that person. So should you believe it? Why should you believe it? So what? That, if you are believing it, it means that you were a fool. That all these years you believed all this positive stuff for nothing. That's not true. I'm not a fool. I, I mean, I, I believe the positive stuff because this is true. So now if somebody says something negative, I saw you. I don't believe this thing. I mean, where did you get this negative stuff from? Number one. Number two, if somebody is saying something about someone you don't know. Then why do you get into that in the first place? Why, why do you care? Right? Please understand, all rumors in any case are, are number one, they are ghibah. So the, if it is ghibah, it is backbiting. And backbiting means you are losing your good deeds and they are going to that person. Now, how do you address them? Especially if you know who is spreading them. The best way to address all of that stuff is go directly talk to the person. And tell him, I believe this is what you are saying about me. Please. Simple as that. Right? Confront them with it, face to face, be polite, don't get into a fight, but at the same time, there's no need to, you know, tie yourself up in knots about that. Any other questions? Sisters again. Ask. <laughs> Sajda is sajda by itself. Sajda is sajda by... The, the question is, when you are in sujood and you make dua, when you are closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is it necessary that this should be a sajda which is part of salah in prayer or can I just make sajda and make dua? And the answer is, yes, you can do both. Right? Because sajda itself is dua, is uh, ibadah. Sajda does not necessarily have to be part of a salah. You, I, I need not be doing two rakat of salah and sajda. Is, just sujood alone is a, That's why it is haram to anybody else. Isn't it? I mean, you can't, you can't make sajda to somebody. It's, no, I was not making salah. I was, no, sajda itself is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So just a straight sajda is uh, ibadah in itself. So you can go into sujood and you, you can make dua and may Allah accept your dua. Or you can do that in a sajda which is part of the salah. So I am praying tahajjud or I am praying something. I am in sajda, I am making dua. Both of these are, uh, are the same thing. So you can do that inshallah. Yes. <laughs> in terms of, if you tend to find, if you, send, if you tend to see a lot of, let's say negatives in people, things that are, they're doing incorrectly. Is this first something that needs to change? Is this correct? 
And then like, let's say you see and do not pay people doing things that they shouldn't be doing. But you see a lot of it, and you start doing like this adds up, and your view on life is always negative. Is this correct? And secondly, what's the kind of the balance, the line, of how you should be? Does that make sense? Kind of. Okay. So the question is two-part question, which uh, Umar asked me is, if you find that you are looking at, when you're looking at people, you see a lot of negative stuff, right? Um, so what should you, how, how do you balance that? See, my principle with myself is be concerned with yourself, right? Uh, as far as the world is concerned, let them, let people do what they want to do. Now you might say, well, you know, Allah said, Amar bil maruf anahil munkar, Allah said, uh, enjoying good, forbid evil. And if you are saying, let people do what they want, there is a balance to that. People close to you, right? Your own children, your own spouses, your own very close friends and so on and so forth. If they are doing something uh, wrong, then, you know, by all means. But Allah has not made you responsible for the whole world and his wife. You know, what do you care? If people are doing stuff, let them do it. Because otherwise, what happens is the whole of your existence is only goes into looking and finding negative stuff. And then you start becoming, uh, people become, start becoming very, uh, you know, they, they, they look for negative stuff. Right? And this doesn't help. So my submission is, focus on yourself. Look at yourself and say, what is it in myself that I need to change? So if I, for example, if I find somebody who is, uh, you know, in, if I find somebody is praying and he's doing some magic in his prayer, uh, let me look at my salah and say, what is this quality of my salah? Do I have kushu my salah? I mean, see how this guy is dancing. Let him dance. I mean, that, that's between him and Allah. If Allah wants to reject his salah, let him reject. I mean, what, what about me? Let me look at myself and say, what is my, what is the quality of my salah? Right? So, it's very important to focus on yourself first. Anyone else? Yeah. Psychologically, why do you think that that can happen? Psychologically, why does it happen? This is human tendency. Human tendency is to look and remember and talk about negative far more than positive. In customer service training, we say that a negative, a, a, a negative experience, a customer will remember and he will tell at least 16 other people about it unasked. A positive experience, he will forget. If he remembers, he will tell maybe one or two people and that also if he is asked. This is, this is, this is what people are. I mean, you know, you do good the whole life. You do one wrong thing and people will remember that one wrong thing. All the good you did. Because this, is, this also comes out of a spirit of thanklessness. Because we don't, we, we, think, we think that good should happen. It's my birthright. You know, somebody respects me. It's my, why should they not respect me? I am worthy of respect. You are a cockroach. You know, what? <laughs> worthy of respect. So seriously, this happens because... So we, how, do, how to uh, combat this? By being thankful. The way to combat is by being thankful. Thank everybody. Somebody is nice to you, thank the person. Say, Alhamdulillah. This man does not have to be nice to me. He is nice to me. Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless him. Then what happens is you start seeing the good in people. Otherwise, the normal human tendency is people will only... Bad news sells. I mean, look, look at... 
look at the newspapers and look at the look at the television and what not the whole thing is only bad news bad news bad news bad news the world is the world is not a nice place but it's not as bad as they make it out to be either you know alhamdulillah we are sitting here uh, in in great comfort and everything else and we are talking about the greatness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what's wrong with this so focus on good look for good number one number two be grateful be thankful to people whoever it is and then you will find you will see you will see good and you will not see uh, you know bad all the time next question yeah no? question from media yeah the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that at ba'd nasran sanan sanana muqaddikum shibran bi shibran wa diran bi dira hatta nasalaku bi nasalaku duhran dabbin nasalakum qulna ya rasulullah Nice, very good. Yep. The question was the hadith of Rasulullah ﷺ where he said that you will follow the people before you, hand span by hand span, step by step, until you get to the point if they had entered a lizard hole, you will also enter the same lizard hole. And uh, the Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, you mean the Yahud and Asar, Rasulullah ﷺ said, who else? And the question was that in the right of this hadith, uh men wearing necklaces and what else did you say uh, necklaces, bracelets. bracelets necklaces and uh certain, certain kinds of clothes and you know maybe glass slippers or something god knows right uh, certain kinds of shoes does it apply see the thing is the um there's another hadith which is related to this where rasulullah sallallahu alaihi said that you are with the people you imitate right you are with the people now in this is meant people who are non muslims if you imitate them what the fuqaha and the scholars have said is that this refers to they use a term called urf urf means what is customary in that society so for example uh, say for example the, the way you guys are dressed right you are wearing jeans and you wearing t-shirt and Omar is wearing a jeans and and a, and a shirt and so on now can i say that this is the dress of yahud and nasara and therefore this guy is headed for the barbecue no why because we are living in a society where this is not necessarily the dress of any particular religious community this is regular clothing this is everybody wears this clothing so this is that is the or for this society this is the clothes but supposing for example if you are wearing a cross around your neck Now that's not that's not the culture of the of the country that is specific to a religion so that is something that you would be prohibited from wearing so it's not just a, a, you know a chain around your neck or a bracelet uh, depending on what is on that bracelet and so on so it would be something the um, and and so also, and so on and so forth so for example if you are in india and if you wear clothing If you wear a, a dhoti, for example, right? It's it's a it's a lungi which is tied in a particular way, 
uh, and if you are if you are uh, if if you are a woman and you are wearing a uh, you know a, what is called a, a bindi, which is a, on on the, on the middle of your forehead, you put a, a round or a long line, uh, a saffron line, and you say no, no, but this is fashion. It's not fashion. It is specific to a religion. And that, is not, that religion is not Islam. So therefore, that is something which would be prohibited because it is specific to that religion. It would amount to, uh, it is something which would amount to imitating people of that religion. But if it's a general uh, thing, you know, you, you wear a chain or something, it's okay. There's, there's no problem with that. As long as there is no religious symbol on it or something. There's no, as long as it is not resembling something which is a symbol of another religion. So you could do that. Yes. Okay, very, very nice question, alhamdulillah. So, here's uh, our sister, she is uh, studying engineering, may Allah bless her, may Allah make her a, a brilliant engineer, inshallah. And uh, she says, uh, it's a very male area, male-dominated uh, workspace, study space. So, um, how can I say, let us meet only in an open space, let us, uh, we can't meet after school time, and so on and so forth. The question here is, uh, let me answer it in two parts. First of all, what is the meaning of open space? That open space does not necessarily mean that it has to be a huge hall like this. Open space. What is not permitted is for you to meet one man alone in a room with the door shut. Even if it is the Imam. Even if it is Imam Abu Hanifa. You are not allowed to meet one man alone in a room with the door shut. But supposing you are going, you, you, you are talking to a, a, to a religious scholar or somebody uh, on a matter of counseling or something, right? So you, you, you obviously you can't do that with 20, 20 other people. It, it is a one-to-one -one thing. Keep the door open. Make sure, tell the person, we will talk, but we will talk with the door open. I am not allowed to talk to you alone in the room with the door shut. So that's, so therefore, in a, if, if it's a group of, of students, you're studying, then no problem. You can study, you can do. Uh, you know, we can be with them and, and you are doing your project and so on. Question of meeting, what are you meeting for? If you are meeting for a study project related thing, you can meet after hours, you can meet and there is no problem. What is not permitted is for you to just be, okay, let's just go hang out in the pub. No, that's not permitted, right? So even if it is just for Lebanon, I mean, you know, it's a <laughs> question, <laughs> right? So that's, I mean, just socializing, uh, for you know, just sort of having a party or something. No, that is not permitted. But other than that, work-related, Islam does not stop the woman from doing work. Uh, you are an engineer. I mean, the same thing applies to doctors, nurses, uh, you know, all of that stuff. The, the people, we work, we work in those mixed environments. And that is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed the kind of clothing. Now, mashallah, the way you are dressed, you are given that clothing because you are permitted to go into the outside world. 
So when people say that women are not permitted to go outside, they're not permitted to meet people, my simple question is, then why is there a hijab? If you are not permitted to meet anyone who is non-mahram, then you don't need a hijab. You're meeting only mahram. You're only meeting your parents and your grandparents and your, you know, your brothers and so on. Uh, hijab is for what? Nothing. You will never leave your house from the day you are born. You're going to be, you're going to live in your house until you get married and you go into your husband's house. You will never leave that until you go to the Qabrastan. Then there is no need for you to have any hijab. Right? But hijab is there in Islam. Why? Because it is permissible for the woman to leave her house. It is permitted for her, for her to live a normal life, to get an education, to work, to earn, to take care of her children, to do, to fly planes and to drive trucks and whatever. That is why there is a dress code. Sometimes I, sometimes I ask people, what, what is the way of uh, slaughtering a chicken? So he said, this is the way. What is the way of slaughtering a uh, a sheep or this is the way what's the way of slaughtering a pig is there a way is there a way to slaughter does Islam tell you how to slaughter a pig no why because it is private I mean they, we don't eat pigs so if I if I'm not eating the stuff why should I know how to slaughter? I, I, I will not slaughter it I don't eat it there is no rule how to slaughter a pig means what means you are not allowed to do that. There is no need for a rule. So if there is a rule, if they, here is how to slaughter a sheep. Means what? Can you eat a sheep or not? Yes, you can. That is why, since you can't eat the live sheep, you have to slaughter it. Therefore, here is how to do that. So if there is a rule saying, this is how a woman must dress when she leaves her house, what does it mean? It means she can leave her house. So nobody can shut you in the box and keep you inside. No, you, are, you can go, you can work. And, but, Maintaining those boundaries. <laughs> so, alhamdulillah, may Allah give you great, great success, inshallah.